Hello and welcome to a special edition of the In The Money Players podcast. This is our show for racing at Colonial Downs on Thursday, September 7th, Virginia Derby week, closing weekend. If you're listening to this very early, I'm going to drop it right after the show. There's also racing on Wednesday, September 6th. If you want to get in and pay attention to that, that'll be covered on the website by the man that I'm about to introduce now. InTheMoneyPodcast.com is the URL for that website. And the man I'm about to introduce is Michael Domable. Michael, what's shaking? Looking forward to another week of Colonial Downs. It's actually clo- closing week, so um, last chance to get out for the meet. You know, but we'll have a, a big stakes day on on Saturday. Um, I know the million card was was at Colonial Downs this year, um, which was a nice, a, 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 an awesome thing to have. Um, but this this card on Saturday is kind of their 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 classic, uh, you know flagship staple whatever you want to call it uh virginia derby day is always a day i've been i've looking i've looked forward to uh ever since i would make the long drive up from north carolina to my to my home track of colonial downs that's very very cool and we're very excited to have you for this show and then we'll be back to do that saturday show as well that'll drop sometime uh, mid-morning on friday i would guess but let's dive into these races my friend build a little bankroll as it were we are going to look at the late pick five on this thursday card races five through nine just a 12 percent takeout we'll emphasize that we start off with the two-year-old maidens because we compliment uh racing office anytime they put these races with lots of uh, first-time starters as the first leg as opposed to buried deep into it or the second is still good too because at least you can see the doubles and get some idea of what's going on so we're happy about that unfortunately my reckoning of the race i you know i dug on these firsters michael didn't really come up with much curious to hear what you have before i give my thoughts uh one of the horses with form or a firster for you here yeah i i I think you kind of hit the nail on the head i think um you know without seeing the board i mean maybe if one of the firsters is taking a a significant amount of money it would be worth including but i i really saw this race as a as something that was pretty easy to separate the haves and have nots um i i ended up making the number seven independence avenue my top pick uh not going to get much of a price on this one but i just think uh, Arno Delacour's barn is better second time out than first time out. Um, and this, and this Philly was able to show a lot of early speed, uh, in her debut and her and the, and the eventual winner put five and three quarter lengths between them and the rest of the field, which is always a, a sign of a, of a, of a good, uh, maiden race. Um, you know, and then, uh, I wanted to be more against the myth than I ended up actually being because I think the turn back is going to work for her. Yep. Um, but I, it is worth noting that although it looks like it was kind of a fast pace last time, um, the eventual winner was kind of right up on that pace as well. And it, it was a hundred dollar horse. So I was willing to downgrade that. That was the one negative I had on, on the myth, um, which allowed me to is going to allow me to press up Independence Avenue as the as the lone A. Um, another a couple other like distant backups I would want are the number one Star Cry and the number nine She's Splendid. Those are the two firsters that I found the most intriguing. Um, Star Cry it goes out for the Stidham Barn, who's actually does pretty well with two year old first time starters um, in turf sprints, and there's enough pedigree there by Catholic Boy out of a out of a street cry mare. And then the num- number nine, she's splendid. I don't have much 
um, on this one, other than the fact that the Tomlinson barn unveiled a, a really nice first time start two year old first time starter um, at the meet uh, maybe about a week and a half ago. And that one was bet off the board. So I would say look for any clues about the number nine she's splendid from the tote board. Um, and if that one's taking money, that would definitely be worth including. So sort of like a seven is the A, four is the B, one nine is C's. Is that about right? Or the Yeah, that's about right. Okay, excellent. Independence Ave, I thought was obvious. And this is an interesting one. You know, I talk a lot about the form, especially with horses that have one race, the form of the previous races. And superficially, you look at this one and you see five to come back to run and none have even hit the board. But then when you look at how well beaten those horses all were, I'm not really sure that it matters. So I'm going to go ahead and ignore that one potential negative bit of signal and say, you know, given how clear this one was, that the figure should stand up. And if it does, I think the seven's got every chance in the world. And then, yeah, the myth, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. This Cassie runner makes sense on the cutback. The Royal Palm form has turned out to be okay. I was just super boring seven and four here as well. Let's pivot to race number six on this card where we've got a $30,000 claimer. We're going a mile on the turf. I came up with a fairly obvious one. Also, number seven, Street Copper. Just has the right form and figs for this group, I think, and also um, should get a really nice trip from the second flight or maybe a little bit further back to mid-pack. Wanted a bit of a price I definitely wanted to include. Not just a hunch play for me. The number eight, Girl Dad. There was a world in which this one, should somebody like Street Copper join the fray early, this could really melt down. And a horse coming from as far back as I'm guessing Girl Dad will be, could be able to make a little bit of impact here. And I think Girl Dad could be every bit of that price with, you know, just sort of sort of confusing form. But I think this could be a good situation for him to show his better stuff. What did you like in race six? Yeah, I had a hard time getting past the the morning line favorites in this in this spot. Um, I, I had the three, four and seven as my A's. Um, probably going to let anybody else beat me in this sequence uh, just because I don't have too many clever opinions. So I want to kind of keep it as skinny as possible. Um, you hit you. You kind of uh, talked about street copper a little bit. I think the key here is that um, this is a pretty significant drop in class. Uh, the horses he was running against on the million day undercard uh, are pretty good. Fort Washington came back to run a nice second at, at uh, Kentucky Downs last week. Um, so this is a, this is a, a significant drop in class. I wish I would have seen him do a little bit more running in that in that race for me to make him uh, my top pick, but um, the class relief might be enough to get him home. Uh, the number four seven channels uh, winning last time out was he might have got been a little bit of a of a lucky winner because uh, the second place finisher Wicked Finn had a had a pretty tough trip four wide around the whole track. Um, but that horse is is pretty good and is in is in really good form. Uh, came back to run a good second at Monmouth in a stakes race, so that only flatters uh, seven channels a little bit more. Um, he's dangerous right back as well. But I made the number three Bodie Cream my top pick, uh, just thinking that he'll be the best price of the three. Um, it may look like he's a little bit off form, and and maybe it turns out that he is. Uh, but two back. Uh, he ran into a really solid field. Dr. Davis has turned into a, a nice stakes horse for um, for Arno Delacour, and that pace really held together. He didn't really have much of a chance after blowing the break. And then last time out, um, 
you know, he was caught up. A, he was caught up in like a three wide pace duel and he was in the middle of those of the of the three uh, runners. So that's never a really comfortable trip. And so I'm, I'm willing to forgive him a little bit for weakening the lane. I think he's going to get a, a more cozy pocket trip in this spot. Uh, let the speeds go and then maybe get first run on the closer. So uh, he might t- he'd be my top pick, but I'd use the three, four and seven in equal strength in, in the pick five. Making some good points. I took the negative view on Bodie Cream, even though I gave an extra look as I was hearing Jessica Paquette in my ear talking about how well that uh, Caramanos rides the turf course. And I eventually decided against, but you are making very good excuses for those last couple runs. And Bodie Cream is a potential best of speed. I'm going to go ahead and add um, as a backup, at least. I'll steal your pick there just because I think, I think you made a really compelling case for his inclusion in race six, which brings us to race seven. $30,000 claimer again, this time Phillies and mares, and we're going five and a half. Michael, we'll keep it with you. Yeah, I think this is really the race that makes the sequence worth playing because if the number six, Gervinize, wins, I lose. And he's two to one, or she's two to one on the morning line, but um, I think this horse is all dressed up with nowhere to go. Um, the two, the her debut win, uh, if you... If you look at that field, absolutely nobody has come back to do anything of of great significance. Um, and then the race last time got a big figure, but you know she didn't do any real running in the race. She was just kind of running around with with uh, the rest of the horses, kind of getting sucked into a in a into a good figure by running in a higher class race. And the reason I'm confident that that figure for her specifically is too high is if you move one runner to the outside. And you see that Moonshining, who's run, uh, you know, eight times in her career, got a, a figure much the uh, the highest one of her career by running ninth at ninety to one. That makes me think that the the figure for both of those horses is just kind of. It's not necessarily that the figure is wrong. It's just that the circumstances that they got the figure is mostly because of the field they they were facing and and the, just the nature of turf racing. So I don't really need either of either of those two. That concept of getting sucked along, you hear that in harness racing more than in turf racing, but it can happen, and and I think that's what, what you're sort of what you're sort of describing. Exactly, exactly. Especially when you know the horses are at long odds, and you see them run, um, see them run lifetime top figures um, in races where they really weren't competitive. That's kind of a, a telltale sign of that for me. Uh, the two that I'm going to be using primarily are the number five Lady Ensign and the number eight Murph. Uh, Lady Ensign. Uh, broker maiden last time out at three to five but that's not really the race that i like her based on it's actually her first turf start which came in her second career start where she finished third behind a couple good horses um and got a and got a bigger figure that day um so i think she people might discount her a little bit just because she's stepping up in class off of a maiden claiming win that didn't come back that fast as a three to five favorite but i really think that that's that other turf race that you want to look to and trombetta is is lights out with turf sprinters this meet uh, the number eight Murph is another one kind of like Bodie cream in the last race where maybe she's off form, uh, but there's enough in those last two races um, to make excuses that I, I, I want to include, especially in a race where I'm as against the favorites as this one last time out uh, kind of had a tough, uh, a tough entering the lane where, where runners were backing up on her. So she really lost the chance to, to, to rally through that hole. And by the time she got through the, the racing was all but over us. And especially with that being a flat five, I don't think that really worked for two back. She had a little bit of trouble early on that caused her to lose some position. Um, you know, so I think 
I think that there's just an, an, enough back class there and enough dirtied up form that I would want to use the number eight, but the number five would be my, t- my top pick. Um, and then, you know, you don't want to get beat in a spread race like this, especially when you're so anti the favorite. So I would want to use all of the nine, 10, 11, 12 as backups, uh, just trying to, to really capitalize on the opinion when I think there's a, a heavy favorite that's worth beating. Interesting. We're, we're similar and different. We're similar in that I really like Lady Ensign in the spot who I think can be even more forwardly positioned this day. I don't think that last race didn't read to me as flattered from the fact that she didn't break. I think she'll run better in a turf sprint being more forwardly, uh, being more forwardly positioned and, and, you know, hopefully getting a clean getaway. And I just, I like the fact that uh, she's shown the positional speed and finish capability to get the right kind of trip going five and a half. I wasn't as anti that race as you. I was taking those figures a little bit more literally, but it did. I still had the idea that I wanted moonshining more than Gervinized with the idea that she stuck on pretty well. I thought late on in that race and you might be right. They might've just both been carried along and, and be bet against. But in my original reckoning of the race, I had both the seven and the six in the mix behind the five lady ensign might do a little bit more digging before making a final, final answer. But officially, I'm going to go five, seven, and six in race number seven. See how it plays out tomorrow. Race eight, some cheaper claiming action, $12,000. We're going a mile on the turf in race eight. And I was thinking this might be a place, and you tell me if I'm being too uncreative here, I was thinking you might be able to lock this one up with the favorites. I felt like bailout and uh, the nine runner grail were going to get terrific positive trips. I felt like they were the ones on numbers and class. And yeah, I was just going to try to lock it up with those two and be done with it. Is it as simple as that? Or do you want to pull in some prices here? Yeah, I I think um, grail makes a lot of sense. I think grail's probably going to be your winner. Um, And, and I know like the drop looks like, kind of concerning that they're going to just drop straight in for 12-5 off of off of some allowance tries but it's worth noting that this barn um is is probably going after the the leading owner title a little bit it's a it's a it's an operation that targets the colonial downs meets virginia based connections so i think this one is you know a, a place where they might be trying to drop to get a win um kind of similar to the to the aggressive placing some of the linda rice uh, trainees went towards the end sure. of the the Saratoga meet, um, so that the drop doesn't concern me as much as it would have if I didn't have that information in the back of my mind. And also the last race, I mean, if you want to look at a a race that's a pace meltdown, that is that is the prototypical example of that, where the winner came from uh, close to dead last, and 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 Grail was pressing the pace. I think I think he can get a little bit more comfortable of a trip this time, and and likely get that that needed win for for the dars racing stable um i i was a little bit against bailout just because he's bailout and he's one for 35 lifetime i mean if you could pencil in a horse for second i think that would probably be where where i would uh think bailout's going to finish in this race uh but that doesn't help you in, for pick five purposes um i would probably use uh the number four and 11 as my backups rather than bailout just in case if 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 grail can't run anymore um then it would be i would rather have a price than have have bailout on my ticket um and both of those two runners ran okay early in the meet um in a in a small field uh virginia restricted allowance race that would put them 
probably at the top of the the class outside of uh, the two favorites. I am maybe to a fault forgiving of these one for a million types when they're running at a new low level. But boy, Bailout, you you might be right. Just looking through the PP seems to be one who is capable of snatching defeat from the jaws of victory, as it were. But I will note that that it is uh, technically anyway a new low level for Bailout. So maybe that puts him over the top. But I also don't blame anybody saying one for 35, five to two. Uh, no, thanks. <laughs> Yeah, and he's had that reputation going back for a long time. It took him forever to break his maiden. It was kind of like, you know, uh, I don't know, a feel-good story when he finally did it. I think it was in probably start like 27 or something like that. He he ran it up in New York for a long time. He, he, he's, his, uh, his reputation definitely precedes him in the, in that regard. Yeah, it's been it's and it's it's been a minute since that, but the form is good and the numbers are good, so it's it's one of those, you know, which way do you want to go? I'm going to include, but I do agree that uh, that the nine probably the more likely of the two, but we'll uh, you know I'm going to try to lock it up with those two. Let's move to our last race of the sequence. We got two year old maidens with form five and a half. This time, right? Actually, there's one that doesn't have form. So we got to deal with that. Or two, I should say. So we have to deal with some completely unexposed horses. But uh, enough form here that I felt fairly confident making a selection. Where did you end up? Yeah, at first, you know, first pass through the race, I was thinking, you know, the number three shards and the number nine legendary phantom. uh, They might just be too good for this group. And I I mean, I would certainly use them as A's in this spot, um, especially trying to link link them up to, you know, lots of tickets where I'm trying to beat the favorite in the third leg. Um, you know, they both ran fi- or legendary phantom ran fine in his, in her, in his, uh, <clears throat> in his turf race. I think maybe he'll get a little bit over bet by the, the comment that the rider eased up. I don't really think that that cost him actually that much. Uh, the number three shards comes out of a pretty key race. Um, a lot of those horses came back to run well, uh, the third place finisher, Seagal, actually won uh, an open maiden special weight at, at Saratoga last time out, uh, coming off a really troubled, troubled trip. But looking at that race, you know, Shards is probably going to be, you know, two to one-ish. Uh, I would also want to have the number four maintain on on some of them, on my tickets as well, just because he's going second time out and he showed a lot of speed on debut, maybe Maybe a little bit more foundation will be will set in for this race. Um, so I would want uh, that one on my ticket. But as I kind of peeled away that race and I saw that Seagal uh, ran so well next time out at Saratoga, I got to thinking that the number one financial district might be a live first-time starter. Um, it's the same trainer as Seagal. And I, I know we don't have uh, we don't have clocker reports from from West from West Hampton Farms, but um, <laughs> I dug it up, and 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 those two had been working on the same day, uh, both on August twenty sixth and August nineteenth. So there's a chance that they were working together. I, I you know I don't I don't know about the the new the New Jersey track if if uh, if if they were working together. I don't have any anyone on site there that I that I could call up. But um, just the fact that they come from the same barn. Uh, working on the same day at the same track that, and, you know, and Seagal ended up winning a, an open maiden special weight at, at Saratoga. Did the times check out? Did you notice if the times were the same? The, the times weren't the same. This, uh, on August 19th, uh, this Colt actually went two seconds faster than Seagal. So, you know, maybe it either, either they didn't work together and they have, they're completely unrelated 
um, or this one completely dominated Seagal, and then that would be a, another feather in his cap yeah, uh, as a live firster. Yeah, that's very interesting stuff. Uh, Yoshida not off to the greatest start with firsters, but uh, the dam has a first-time starter winner. I mean, there's too much interesting stuff there to not at least have as a backup, I think. Oh yeah, no, I, he he's he's going to be my top pick uh, for me. Right. I'm hoping to get get alive to him in the in the pick five. Uh, I just you know after after looking at at Seagal, how he probably should have won first time out at Colonial, um, and then, there's just too many similarities for me to overlook. Um, and Carrasco getting aboard that's a, one of the one of the top riders. So um, you know I, I'm one one three four nine to close it out, but um, hopefully getting alive to those the one four will be we'll have some pretty uh, healthy will pays. Yeah. I'm going to take another look and probably mix in all the horses you mentioned. I did have one to throw out there that you didn't talk about though. What about imperiality to maybe be the best of speed off that uh, debut showing so much speed and then, you know, darkening up with the two dirt races coming here from what could be a good attacking post. I know we're not dealing with super, um, super high profile connections, but I really want a horse that has the pace figure to be clear in a spot like this is one that I probably want on the tickets. What was your, what was your knock to the go, going into the dirt maiden claimer or what, what were you, what were you concerned about? Yeah, no, it was um, more of that overall race. Um, watch when I watched that race the first time uh, his, his debut, um, it looked like talk talk was, it was a three to five favorite for motion that day. It looked like he was, he was done um but then he you know found more and rallied i just thought that field overall wasn't wasn't that great um you know the third place finisher came back to win but really didn't improve his figure so I, that i've i've kind of been taking a negative approach to that race as, as a whole um and that's why you know i didn't mention the number six ag diamond either um you know that and i just thought that if it was going to be one of the lot lot if it was going to be one of the horses that you know have a lot of exposed form it was going to be uh the three or the nine it's logical. I think for me, though, the pace figures have so much primacy at this five and a half that I am going to I'll leave in some imperiality. I thought legendary phantom made all the sense in the world. And then I thought shard was super interesting. The three just based on the fact that every runner coming out of that race has improved their figures significantly. So that that alone, I wasn't sure about race shape for shards. But anytime you see one, anytime you see a race like that, where every figure goes up significantly. I, I just, I don't like to get beat by those types. So I had a 10, nine and three going to take another look at your one, three, four and nine. And that's it. That's the show. Michael really appreciate you uh, coming on and the work you're doing over at in the money podcast.com as well. You up for uh, doing this again on Friday for Saturday. Yeah. I'm excited. Big day. We'll have to see um, where they place the stakes races. I think if I'm not mistaken, there's either five or six stakes races on, on the day. So Maybe there'll be some sort of all all pick sequence. It'll probably be mandatory payouts as well with it being closing day. So exciting way to close the meet. Um, I always like when uh, when those mandatory payout days, you know, closing days end with big cards like that. It's always yes. a lot more fun. Totally agree. We'll be we'll be checking it out with interest. When do they draw? Do you know? Is it tonight? It'll be, yeah, it'll be late this afternoon, probably. Okay. So, yeah, we'll have that info. We'll let you know what we're going to cover, probably. If there is an all-stakes pick, I think that'd be a fantastic way to do it. Thank you one more time, Michael. Thank you to our friends and partners at Colonial Downs. I'm Peter Thomas Fornital. May you win all your photos. <laughs>